couple of years ago, <clears throat> I was uh, down, at the, down at the school, and I, uh, I think it was probably a third, the third, third or fourth grade class. And it must have been around this time of the year because I was talking to the kids about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, we, we read the story of how the Holy Spirit came to the apostles and all the stuff that happened as a result. And, uh, yeah, they were great. You know, there was, kids are awesome. Um, and maybe the, the day after that or two, two days after that, I get this packet of thank you cards from the kids. So I guess the teacher said we're going to, Let's thank Father Brian for coming in and talking. So it was, you know, construction paper folded over and just, you know, kids saying thank you and drawing pictures and stuff, very cute stuff. But there was this one uh, card that was just hysterical, I thought. Um, you know, most of them had like a cross, you know, or uh, I don't even remember what else, but just kind of a church, that kind of thing. Um, this had me, so it was, it was a, they drew, drew me, and I was, I guess I told them that we wear red, red is the Holy Spirit, and the priest will be wearing red, you'll see a lot of red up here on the altar, so I'm wearing, you know, rope, you know, vestment like this, and, and they also drew my dog, I don't know why they put my, uh, the dog I had at the time, Kelly, so she's in the picture, and you can tell the wind is blowing because uh, it was very well done. It was like my vestments are completely blowing like in the wind and the dog's hair is like blowing. Like they made the dog's hair extra long. So it was very, very cute. Um, and you know what? I mean, I talked to them about, you know, when the Holy Spirit showed up to the apostles, they were hiding in the room and they were scared and very sad. Uh, but there was this wind uh, I, and the fire. I mentioned that, you know, the tongues of fire. But uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe I mentioned the wind more, but they, um, so that's what they were trying to communicate, that like the wind, it was the Holy Spirit that was like blowing. So we just, I kept it, I kept it, you know, it was very, very cute. But just the idea of like, how do you draw the Holy Spirit? How do you, you know, what does the Holy Spirit look like? You know, if I said to everybody, okay, take out a construction paper, we're gonna do a little drawing right now, and I said, draw a picture of Jesus. I mean, you know, I'm sure we'd all have like a guy in a, in a beard and long hair and, you know, sandals and the way we kind of picture Jesus. Uh, maybe if I said picture, you know, write a picture of the, the God the Father, you'd have an old guy, you know, with a beard, you know, maybe you'd do something with creation, somehow him creating everything. But like, how, how do you draw the Holy Spirit. Um, and I guess the only thing we got is those tongues of flame and the wind, and it's kind of hard to draw the wind, right? Um, but I think it's an important question because the Holy Spirit is incredibly important. Maybe because he's hard to picture or hard to draw, he gets forgotten sort of in the mix. I was, somebody gave me um, Oh man, it was uh, Ken Burns, the document, documentarian. Uh, it was the uh, series he did on the Vietnam War. And it was huge, it was like, he gave me the DVD collection of it uh, for my birthday a couple of years ago. And uh, it's like 18 hours worth of history on the Vietnam War. Um, I didn't watch all of it by any means, but a couple of things I absolutely checked out. One of which was the, uh, a whole section on POWs and the experience of, of prisoners of war during that war. You know, you just can't help but be wildly inspired by these heroes. 
and also wildly outraged by the, you know, the brutality uh, of the North Vietnamese. Anyway, John McCain is interviewed uh, throughout. I think he was five and a half years a POW. Uh, much of it, solitary confinement, torture, I think pretty much throughout. Um, and he told a couple of really powerful stories, some of which you, you, you may have heard before. Uh, one is about this cellmate of his while they were there. His name was Mike Christian. He was a sailor. And uh, he, he, he explained McCain that uh, during that time while they were there, um, the Red Cross was able to, they, they put together like these sort of care packages for POWs and very surprisingly, they, the North Vietnamese allowed them to, to be delivered. So they got some of these packages and uh, each one had a, a couple of t-shirts, Red Cross t-shirts. So white t-shirt with the Red Cross. And what this guy, Mike Christian did was he, he took one of them and he, and he ripped it up, but like very strategically. He, uh, he ripped up white pieces of material and red pieces from the t-shirt and kind of separated them. The uniform that these POWs wore was uh, blue. I mean, it was I guess, filthy and ragged, but it was blue. So he took his shirt off and he took the white and he took the red and then he found a, a, a piece of bamboo and somehow turned that into a, a needle, like a needle and thread. And he sewed the white and the red into the blue and he made a flag, an American flag. And wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to have that? But he, he took it and he did it on the, the, uh, the inside of the back of his shirt. So what they would do every night was uh, right before they ate, they would hang this, he took off his shirt, he'd hang it on a nail that was in the cell and they'd say the uh, Pledge of Allegiance together. And he just said it was like, it was almost like a prayer. Um, it was just this very powerful moment every night, very quick, but they would just be a reminder of who they were and what they were about, uh, what, who and what they represented. Anyway, eventually the North Vietnamese found out about the shirt, they discovered it. And they knew it was his, so they dragged him out of the cell and they delivered him a you know, brutal beating. Uh, and McCain said it was done in a very intentionally public way. Uh, all the other prisoners, they couldn't see it, him being beaten, but they could all hear it. And that's what they wanted. They wanted them to hear the, the beating and the punishment. So he said it was just terrible. And, uh, and they, they, they throw him back in the cell and uh, they, they busted his couple of ribs, he punctured his eardrum. You know, and McCain said he and his other two cellmates, you know, went over and tried to help him as much as they could, but they had nothing, essentially, to help him. But they tried to care for him, and he just said, it, you know, McCain said at that point, it, you know, in a very dark time, this might have been the darkest. He said it was just a particularly awful point, because uh, looking, at the, looking at the condition of this guy, you know, they had been there for a while at this point. It was just, he was overwhelmed. He was just sort of at the, at the end of his rope. And he said after they kind of nursed him, whatever that meant, they went back to their corners and just like they slept. They just wanted to kind of escape from the moment. And he said he dozed off McCain and a couple of minutes later, he wakes up and he kind of like comes to and he looks over to see how this guy is doing. 
and he was sitting up and he was cutting up another t-shirt, another white and red t-shirt and uh, was preparing to make another flag. And he said he was so beaten, like he, his eyes were so swollen, he, it, it looked like he couldn't even, he couldn't believe he could see. That's how bad the, the beating was. But it just wouldn't, this guy wouldn't be stopped. And um, McCain said, like when he saw that, it was like hope. Like in this guy and through this guy, he just was like, okay, this, he won't give up, I can't. Like he kind of was, he was sent into that moment to kind of be a, a source of hope. Um, you know, and I think that's, um, I think that's the Holy Spirit. You know, you want to draw a picture of the Holy Spirit, you know, don't, don't do me and my dog uh, in the wind. Um, don't even talk about the wind or, or tongues of flame. I mean, yeah, that's the story, but so what? Uh, to me, I think, and or objectively, it's like, well, the spirit is what happens when courage rules. And what it looks like is Mike Christian. Because that's the way the spirit, this third part of God works. It's the spirit of truth that we accept when we accept it. So God kind of lives through and works through us in our greatest moments. When when your days are dark and when you're down and when you're doubting and when you're scared and sad, somebody shows up inevitably, right? Somebody shows up, somebody says something, you can't believe they said it, but it's like, God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I just need, I, I don't know why you called me right now, but I needed, I needed somebody to pull me out of this hole that I'm in. And I think that's God. Like, I think they're just God-sent people. God sends us. I mean, think about it. Jesus was an actual, historical, physical person. Of course he was. And at a certain point, he died and he wasn't here anymore. Who's gonna replace Jesus? I mean, last week, it was, um, we were replacing Judas, right? All right, well, he was an apostle, he was a person. He was replaceable. We're gonna find somebody else who was a witness to, the, uh, to Jesus, and he's gonna take his spot. How do you replace Jesus? There's nobody out there who could fill his shoes. So this is like the genius of God, so now so you have, Instead of trying to get a a, a lame attempt at at a substitute, someone who will always fall short, it's like God now exists in this new way. When we come down from those places where we hide, that's where the apostles were. They were scared and they were hiding in the safe place. And when they decided to come down the stairs and go out into the world, that's when the church exploded. That's when faith was born and spread. So I just think it's about like, okay, then who are the Pentecost people? I mean, that's what you gotta look for, Pentecost people. I mean, John McCain didn't say that, but that's what he was describing. You know, uh, down at Point Lookout at uh, Miraculous Metal, um, the people this last couple of days down there are, they're very, very saddened. Um, 
because they lost uh, one of their priests, uh, Father Mike Saylor. Some of you may know him. Uh, he helped out here a little bit over the last couple of years, but not a lot. But he helped out in Point Lookout for about, I think about 30 years. Um, he's a Jesuit priest, uh, and he'd be here on the weekends and for the summers. He was a teacher, and he was loved. He was just a wonderful guy. I mean, I really got to know him in this last year because he'd come down every Monday night for dinner with the priest at Ignatius, and I just, he was just a great, great guy. I used to go to confession to him because he just had kind of, God, he was like the person you wanted to talk to when you were not feeling good about yourself or you were looking to be, you know, forgiven. Um, people just loved him. Like, they're really kind of rocked down there. They're 30 years, I mean, think about 30 years of, of this priest being present. Uh, he died of cancer very, very suddenly. He taught for 50 years in various high schools. I'm just thinking of like over 50 years people that he influenced, people that he inspired, and probably encouraged, probably challenged at points. People, I would bet, whose lives are like different, better different because of him, because he stepped into their lives. Pentecost person, I mean, that's, that's what I think this is about. So then, the, you know, then it's like, well, what does that mean for us? I remember uh, when I was teaching, the year when I was at St. Anthony's, I taught religion one year, and I had sophomores, and we were talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, and that's the kind of thing when you were a kid, you, you memorized it right, and you had probably a little definition on a test. You get tested on it, and that's important, and that's good to know, but like, I think so often, you know, what we, what we do is like, yeah, memorize the thing, and then, you know, four days later, you probably forgot it, and next year, you'll be tested on it again, and like, we, we don't really ever connect with what it really is. I remember when I was teaching them about it, the kids, the gifts of the Spirit, I was, I was confused by it, because some of them sound so much alike. I mean, here, this is, here they are. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel. I mean, don't they all sound like kind of the same thing? If you got wisdom, you probably have a lot of knowledge. You probably have the ability to counsel people. You probably understand things, but they're like different gifts. You know, and then it shifts a little bit, then there's um, one which is pretty different. It's called fortitude or courage. That POW. And then they got others that kind of relate to faith specifically, like fear of the Lord, piety. I remember teaching this to kids and them being like, well, what's the difference between this one and that one? And I was like, I don't even know. I'm not even sure. Like, it, it wasn't that clear. Um, but whatever, I did the best I could and I, and I gave them an assignment, like a project, a paper I guess they had to do on the gifts of the Spirit. And pretty much they gave back to me what I gave them, which wasn't very good. But this one girl, her paper was fantastic. Because what she did was this, and I didn't ask him to do this. What she did is what I should have done in the class. She, wrote, she, she took a, a, a gift of the spirit, so she took courage or fortitude. And she wrote two paragraphs on Martin Luther King. She talked about, very briefly, his life and his imprisonment and what he stood for and the risks he took. 
ultimately his death. She was like, that's the gift. That's the Holy Spirit. And Martin Luther King wasn't the Holy Spirit, but Martin Luther King accepted the Spirit and said, I can't hide in this room upstairs. I have to go into the world. She talked about for uh, uh, reverence. She talked about this woman. She didn't even know her name, but she used to, they used to go to Mass every Sunday, she, this girl and her family, and there was a woman who would sit in the pew right in front of her maybe, and he, she used to watch how she prayed. Like she'd be so dialed in before Mass, during Mass, like she was so clearly somebody who prayed well, and she was like, reverence. And she did it for all of them. And her, her thing was like, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is when we do it right, when we accept these gifts that have been presented to us, when you act in a, like, a uniquely courageous way, and you say, well, I don't care what, I don't care the price I pay, I'm, I'm gonna say it because it's right, or I'm gonna do it, or I'm gonna stop, whatever it is, because it's right. And, and the prospect of acting on it is dangerous. Like making another flag after they broke your ribs for making the first one. So what does the Holy Spirit look like? I think it looks like that POW. And it looks like that woman in the pew. And it looks like Father Mike. Hope it looks like us.